Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review. This is part of our continuing series looking into the Criterion Collection box set, Bruce Lee's Greatest Hits. We're up to movie number three, The Way of the Dragon. Hopefully you've listened to the first two podcasts and are up to speed on where we are in the Bruce Lee legacy here as we go through this. This is a really great collection. No matter what Criterion is charging for it, it's worth it if you're a fan. Not all of the movies are the most spectacular movies ever made, but this is all you're ever going to get of official Bruce Lee stuff restored in 4K. These are Blu-rays at 1080p, but they almost all of them are 4K restorations or 2K restorations, plus a wealth of extras that I got into a little bit in the first podcast, and I'll get into again towards the end as well. So I took time to watch the third movie in the set, which is The Way of the Dragon. Growing up, this movie was always called Here the Return of the Dragon, but uh, I think that had something to do with how it was released. It was originally made for the Asian markets, but this was the first time that Bruce Lee was given creative control, complete control over the movie. He wrote it, produced it, starred in it, and directed it, and even did some of the music. So... After the success of his first movie that he was just in and became a star out of, and then became a star of his second movie, they made like $3 million and $4 million. This movie, he had total complete control, did not know how things were going to turn out, and went on to gross over $5 million, so beat his record uh, for the first two movies, was the highest grossing Hong Kong film of all time in 1972, and went on to worldwide success. It instantly made like a million dollars here in the United States, up to five million during its run, and over time it's made about $130 million. If you adjust that for inflation and such, that's about $790 million on a movie whose budget was $130,000. That was it. So the original idea was to have this take place in America uh, or a, 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 a bigger location, and they and they just it wasn't financially feasible. So he settled on filming scenes in Rome. Their famous fight scene in the Colosseum with Chuck Norris making his film debut in this movie and such. But the movie is interesting because. Bruce Lee had full creative control and was trying to, this was the beginning of trying to get his martial arts style of Jeet Kune Do into film. He had flirted with it during his fight choreography and such in the first two movies. But this was, if you don't know much about his martial arts style that he created, it's all about um, bending. It's all about adapting. Um he always felt that he was too constrained by classical forms. You know, when you're taught, I don't know if you've ever taken martial arts. Uh, I, I took several years of karate myself. And you learn katas and forms, at least that's what they're called in Japanese. Um, and it, that basically forms the movements that you're going to use in sparring and such. He challenged people to create their own styles, to learn all those classical styles, but then adapt and change them and use them. And that flies against what most martial arts schools want to do. They want to teach you to do exactly how they teach the martial art. And that, you know, he was coming from a different way. So he was trying to get some of these ideas into the movie. And you will see that illustrated during the fight scene at the end with Chuck Norris, where he has to adapt. He sticks to classical styles in the beginning and he's losing the fight. And he has to adapt his styles to something different, basically mimicking what Chuck Norris was doing and beat Chuck at his own game. 
as a movie, this one falls in the middle of the Bruce Lee spectrum as far as personal taste. It's not one of my favorites, but it has some of the best fight scenes. It's not one of my favorites because it takes a while to get going. It's got some really great shots of Rome and the Colosseum and going around Rome, but then a lot of things take place in a, in a Chinese restaurant where they work and things like that. But he plays a guy who's come from Hong Kong. He's been asked to help by his uncle. Um, turns out there's a syndicate there that wants the land that the restaurant is on, so they're keeping people out of the restaurant, hurting their business and, and fighting in the streets out front and things like that. So he figures out once he finally gets there why he was brought there because he's, you know, Bruce Lee. And he has to explain that to the girl that he has a bit of a love interest with. One of the, uh, there's a lot of comedy in the first third of the movie. The first act has a lot of comedy in it, really, where he's playing this fish-out-of-water character. He's kind of a country bumpkin, and he's out having a talk in Rome, um, and a woman comes on to him, so he goes back to her hotel, and she walks out naked. You know, <laughs> I wasn't expecting... It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. I wasn't expecting nudity in a Bruce Lee movie, but here she comes out naked, and, of course, he acts like, I don't know, Adam Sandler, and, or Jerry Lewis, I guess, because he was a big fan, and kind of bumbles his way out the front door, embarrassed and things like that. So there is that kind of cheesy comedy in the beginning of it that you'll find in a lot of Chinese Hong Kong martial arts movies. Um but it's funny how the movie becomes deathly serious later. I mean, it, the tone of the movie really does change. We see him, before we really see him get in any fights, we see him working out. And Bruce Lee was at the top, I mean, he passed away six months after the movie came out. When he was filming the movie, he was in peak condition. He looks amazing. He flexes his lats. Looks like a cobra. It, 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 but... This all worked great on camera because he had been working out since he was a teenager and he just had the physique. Uh, he was only like 5'7", you know, but he had this physique. He looked massive on the screen. And so anyway, through the fight season and stuff, he tried to get the Jeet Kune Do. But like I said, um, there are not that many fight scenes. It takes a while to get to them. Once you get to them, they are fairly lengthy. They're well choreographed and they're good. And it turns out watching some of the extras, why they're good if you watch the credits as the way of the dragon's opening, a lot of the stars have, it'll say Chuck Norris, seven-time martial arts champion, karate champion, whatever. It'll say so-and-so, so-and-so, uh, fifth Dan of this, you know. All of his co-stars that he was going to have fights with are real martial artists in real life, and it turns out he did that because he liked to hit them. Not hard, not full punches, but he felt it was more realistic on film if he could actually fight a martial artist. And when he threw a punch to, you know, connect, but not knock him down, so to speak. And it does create for more realistic fight scenes. But obviously all these guys could handle themselves and handle Bruce Lee doing this. So through the course of the movie, it is a pretty simple plot where he steps in, there's repercussions, he steps in again, there's more repercussions, he warns them not to do it, and then they try and, you know, kill people, and then he goes all out. They bring in this champion, uh, a couple of champions, actually. Um, <laughs> Robert Wall is also in this movie, which you might remember from Enter the Dragon and, and other martial arts movies from the time. He is a very tall American dude um, with really long legs. So his kicks are, you know, and he's working under Chuck Norris in this movie that, that he came first and then Chuck Norris. And they are brought in to take out Bruce Lee. And of course, that doesn't happen. 
So the movie for an hour and 20 minutes has sporadic fight scenes, little drama, little comedy, and a little romance. And then you finally get to the main event, which is Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee in the Roman Coliseum. And there's these great shots of kittens. There were feral cats that they just filmed them because they were there and they're standing by the fight and that kind of thing or laying by the fight, licking themselves or looking in the camera. It's very interesting. And again, you've got a first-time director. Um, I don't think it's a bad directing job. I just think that we could have gotten to the action a little bit quicker since he was making a martial arts movie. And there's, he also wanted to make a real movie, a movie that could compete with you know cinema at the time. But I think he took too long taking some side roads and whatever. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, the movie's at 89%. I wouldn't give it that high. I, I think judging it by other martial arts movies, sure, but judging it by other movies of the time, I don't, you know. But the fight scenes for us martial arts fans are great. Uh, him taking on multiple people, <laughs> thats that was kind of a theme in a lot of his movies, um, and him taking on some true badasses and learning more about himself throughout the fight, especially in the Chuck Norris scene at the end. Um, it It is a good movie. It's worthy uh, part of the Bruce Lee collection. This Criterion collection, this is another 4K restoration, and it looks great. When the Golden Harvest uh, logo comes up at the beginning, it looked horrendous. I'm like, oh my, this is going to be terrible. But then the movie started, and like the credits are clean. And there is a, a little bit of light grain. You can tell it's from a film source, but this is argu- this is as good as the last movie and probably the best one so far, the way it looked. I mean, it's a fairly low-budget movie for the time, but it looks really good. There's some close-ups. There's some details. There's a few blurry shots. Uh, There's a shot with him walking past a kid eating ice cream on the street, and it's a pretty long shot, and it's it's out of focus. It's not not the Blu-ray's fault. It's not uh, Criterion's fault. You know, they remastered this thing in 4K. It's just that they didn't get, you know, the shot was blurry. And then when it cuts to a a close-up, it's clear again. But that stood out a little bit. Uh, But for the most part, the grain stays uh, in the background. It it does look like a filmic image, but this looked really good for a 1972 film and holds up well. The sound is good. You know, I listened to things in the original Chinese. Um, I I don't watch them again. Sorry to to check out the dubs and stuff like that. But if you're into that, I I think there is a dub on there. Uh, The subtitles were good. And overall, I watched this one of all the Bruce Lee movies just for the fight scenes. I wanted to watch the whole thing for this review. But like if I pulled out this set a year from now, this would one I, I, okay, I'm going to fast forward that. I'm going to, oh, oh, that's where he's working out. And oh, oh, that's where he fights Chuck. You know, Chuck Norris making his uh, film debut. And I guess they saw something in him. He was a real martial artist for those that don't know. And, and, And the internet memes and stuff that have continued to purvey our, our pop culture medium. Uh, Chuck Norris really was a world, uh, five, seven, nine time champion had his own jeans that would stretch in the crotch area so he could do high kicks and all those movies he made for MGM there in the late seventies and eighties and into the nineties. I just, I am a Chuck Norris fan and it's interesting to see him this young and this hairy, you know, his hair was kind of shaggy and he uh, definitely hair on the back, hair on the chest. I mean, his hair and the famous scene where Bruce Lee pulls out a hunk of hair in his hand. So as we go through the Criterion Collection, we're uh, not even halfway, actually. There's a lot more stuff. There are two more main movies, obviously, uh, Enter the Dragon and The Game of Death, which is another Bruce Lee movie that had to be finished after his death. And then there is an extended version of uh, Enter the Dragon that I've never seen. And there is also a sequel to Game of Death that reuses some old Bruce Lee footage to make a new film. Not really a Bruce Lee movie, but kind of something part of the whole Bruce Lee 
extravaganza because literally we can thank modern martial arts movies for him breaking open to the world. Uh, obviously, Asia would have continued to make these kind of movies forever, but you know, he he proved that an Asian star could star in some international movies and make a lot of money, and people would go see it. And he dealt that. There's a scene at the very beginning where he's coming over uh to Rome uh and there's a woman who just stares at him and makes him feel uncomfortable and you know what the scene is trying to say he doesn't the, no words are spoken it's just you know and he's trying to be cool but you know he's Bruce Lee and she's just staring at him and it's uncomfortable and you get it you know he had to this was a different time for people living today the early 70s were a much different time and interesting to see how he took on those topics in his first directing job. Can't wait to watch these 4K restorations of uh, Enter the Dragon, which is by far uh, probably the best Bruce Lee movie. And Game of Death will be interesting because I always like that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scene. But anyway, thanks for uh, joining me for this podcast and another Bruce Lee review. There will be several more. And thank you for subscribing, sharing, checking out the Patreon page and all the links below. Have a superior day. Thank you for listening. <laughs>